Hello and welcome to another edition of the In The Money Players podcast, Coast to Coast Show. This is our show for Sunday, January 22nd. Looking forward to multitasking, watching NFL action, and also uh, betting some horse races today. I don't know when this show is going to drop exactly. We may talk about some stuff that's already happened if you're listening on uh, on Sunday morning. We also do have the show for Saturday to check out, as well as a show about the Kentucky Derby future pool. Um, PTF and JK here with you. JK, uh, what's going on? You feeling good out there? Oh, yeah. Feeling good. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's always a, a fun day of action, right? A little NFL playoffs, a little coast-to-coast wager. Uh, and some good games too this weekend. You know, a lot of a lot of uh, it feels like every game kind of has a fun story, right? You know, the the Chiefs and the Jags, two young quarterbacks, the Eagles and the Giants, a historic NFC East matchup, uh, the Bengals and the Bills, uh, two best teams in the AFC. It feels like uh, for a lot of the year, and then uh, you know, obviously what 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 happened last time they played, just a little under not a lying tone, and they never get to finish that game, and then. I mean, the Cowboys and the 49ers, that just sounds like uh, an NFC championship game from 1987, doesn't it? 1981, uh, it, it, it was. It might have been. I, I, the 81, I just re- I remember the uh, I remember the catch. Or was that the divisional round anyway? My NFL. We need Nick Tamro. We need a human encyclopedia to, uh, to, to come up with that. So I'm in the knockout pool that I've been telling you about, this loser's pool. And apologies if folks were listening earlier in the uh, in the week. Nick and I already had this conversation, but I'm curious to get JK's perspective on it. So I can pick either the Giants to lose, or um, I can't pick the Jaguars. That game is out of the out of bounds. So what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a little contrarian here. I'm going to pick the Cowboys to lose with the thought that everyone's going to pick the Giants. I, you know, they're my team. I think that, but that's not really it. I really do believe that they are a live, uh, I think they're a live dog. I mean, they're a legitimate seven, seven and a half dog, but I think they're just playing so much better now. Maybe the Eagles picked the uh, peaked a little soon. I think the Cowboys, you know, they have the short week now They're They look a little flattered. I think coming out of beating the 75 year old man on national TV, I don't know. Am I nuts to pick the Cowboys to lose instead of the Giants to lose? Yeah, I think you're getting kind of cute for a couple of the reasons. I feel like you're, I feel like you're, you like, you love a 20 to one shot in the third leg and you're tossing the four to five favorite in the second leg. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're trying to get a little too cute because, you know, they, they are a seven and a half point dog, right? So that's, that's a strong opinion by Vegas that they're a, more than a touchdown. You get the little hook there too. And, Historically, you know, teams in the playoffs with a bye, they don't always lay eggs, you know, and, and it, they, they typically play well. I mean, I, I would I would take the Giants and, and just try to get to the next round. You've made it this far. Um, I would go Giants and then, you know, see who you have left after this. I can still change it. I may be being too cute by half, but I think I'm going to try because I think everyone's going to take the Giants. So I think there's like a, I think there's a, there's a value angle. And I thought the kid and the it, Niners played really well last week. You got, I mean, how, can you see how many people still have the Giants available? Yes. And everybody does except for like one person. So I think oh, they're okay. going to, okay. I think they're going to be super, super duper represented. And it was the NFC championship game in 81. You know what it was is I heard it was the anniversary of that game. Weeks ago, well, a couple, 
10 days ago on January 10th. So in my reimagining, forgetting how late the NFL has shifted compared to what it used to be, I was like, could that have really been the championship game all the way on, December, on January 10th? That's the way it used to be back in the, uh, the two-week shorter um, NFL season. But anyway, enough NFL tangents. Unless you have any strong NFL opinions before we continue. No, I mean, you know, I think the Chiefs win. I think the Eagles win. I think the 49ers win. The Cowboys are just so damn dysfunctional. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just – and plus, like, I, I just kind of like to see chaos in, in Dallas's media. It's kind of fun. I grew up <laughs> watching it. How did you uh, not no – I feel bad because I said we were going to talk business and I, and we, I just keep going farther and farther <laughs> down the rabbit hole. But how did you avoid being a Cowboys fan? I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, I was there when Emmett and and, and Troy and Michael Irvin and, and Dion were all there and, you know, the Terrell Owens times. And, I, and, you know, my dad took me to Thanksgiving days and like got me on the field and like saw like the actual tra- tra- turducken with all the <laughs> – I like – I saw all of that. I and never I got, knew that. I think as I got older – um, the annoying cowboy fan, the, 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 the thing that really broke my, the camel's back for me is when they would, when they would cheer Tony Romo's, um, gunslinger mentality when they won, and then they would, you know, want to throw him off the side of a cliff when his gunslinger mentality got him beat. Right. And like that hypocrisy drove me so insane <laughs> And just watching Cowboys fans get upset and Jerry Jones do stupid stuff. And I just kind of like started wanting to see them lose just to see all of that unfold. And, and it just kind of stuck. I mean, I don't hate them, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't love them. Race eight at Gulfstream Park is what we're meant to be talking about. It kicks off the, uh, it kicks off this Sunday, um, Coast to coast pick five, but yes, the reason that the reason that we're actually uh, the reason that we're actually here today, um, it starts at three thirty eight Eastern time. JK, how are we going to get this one kicked off? Uh, I'm going to start with a single, no backups. Um, the the rail horse, meet me in Kingston for Todd Pletcher, blazing fast uh, turf sprint, early speed. Um, was probably unlucky to get beat last time, kind of got hooked in a little bit of a duel, draws, draws the rail this time. Irad's going to send away from there. Um, this horse is a, is a half to Buchero. I just probably should have been turf sprinting the entire time. Just looks better than the rest of these. It's all I need in here. I hear you. That's my top pick as well. Big step up on the green first time. No surprise given that blood. And those were honest splits too. When you have a horse that looks the best speed and a five furlong sprint, third time off the layoff in great hands, it's uh, not hard to land here. Price may be the only concern, but uh, we'll be all over the tickets in this pick five. I may play one line through the eight war terminator. The thought being that this horse could settle maybe a lot better going just the flat five. And in that case, pull a perfect stalk and pounce trip. The runs two and four back are not too far off what it would take should be a long shot more for underneath, but I'll run one line through the eight JK and I together oh, with the one. I'm going to one anti point on war terminator. Please. Jonathan Thomas couldn't win in one, two, three, four, five starts. And, and Rob Atris couldn't, couldn't win. Like I'm not taking an 8% career trainer to then do what those two guys couldn't do. That's, that's my only thought about that. It's you know a fair I mean? point. I'm hoping the horse is going to be 15 to one and just, you know, and will run be. in. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Run in underneath. I mean, it's a, it's a 80, 90% through the ones. So we're not that different there. We move to Gulfstream's ninth race, the next one in the sequence. And this was one I thought you could, uh, you could 
throw a few numbers around in. I'm going to start with number seven, more than vows. This horse was wide last time on a day where I thought ground loss mattered and might be able to be controlling speed. That good number, two back to uh, to run to. The two sweetest pie has not been out in ages, but does have some good form and figures. And I thought as a horse that you could make a case could be better as a rising four-year-old. Long, steady world work tap connections that need no introduction. I'm hoping this one has more tactical speed now than before the break. That would be the concern, the lack of tactical speed. But there was enough with Sweet as Pie that I wanted to, to keep in the mix. And then the six, Bluefeld, horse in good form, who I thought would just get a good trip from an attacking type of a spot. I was going to spread it around seven, two, and six. What are your numbers, my friend? Yeah, I'm going to go five, six, Strategic Bird, and Bluefield as A's, and then your horse towards the outside, more than Vows, as a B. Uh, Bluefield, you kind of nailed it all, right? Just has tactical speed, drawn towards the outside, has speed figures that fit, uh, has improved since switching to Safi Joseph. So I, I would think that that's something that could continue on. And then Strategic Bird, who um, won first out at Gulfstream, then comes back, wins a stake uh, as a two-year-old, and then comes runs well in, in a stake as a three-year-old. Then obviously had some kind of an issue. You don't stop on a horse that, that in January, you know what I mean, on their three-year-old year if there wasn't an issue. Comes back March 19th, probably a little too quick, doesn't run well, runs again in April, then gets another break till June, and then hasn't been seen. So it's like I, I just feel like something kind of went wrong, had some issues they were trying to work through, hit the reset button, come back, runs well fresh, one by 12 on debut. You can't be any more fresh than debut. I just feel like we're going to see those old numbers from Strategic Bird. That'll be kind of my press horse, but I'll use Bluefield as well, and then more than Val to be a backup. I like your case on the five runner, and I'll work into the mix as well. Let's head out to Santa Anita, JK, for their third race, which goes as leg C in this coast-to-coast pick five. I thought this one might be pretty straightforward. How do you see it? Yeah, I'm only going to use two. The rail finally here um, just has some of the best numbers. Not the style I love in a a five-and-a-half turf sprint, but there's a lot of horses in here that just aren't very good. And finally here seems like they might be pretty good. Now, if this horse finally here had speed with the figures that they had, I would single, but this horse is kind of inconsistent with early speed. So I can't single in a turf sprint with, with a horse that doesn't have a lot of speed. I'll also use the outside horse chaos theory, who uh, another one who doesn't have the style I like, but does have some, some, some figures that I like. Now, when I say doesn't have the style, I mean, historically, They've run 25 times and not very many times where they showed speed. Last time, first time for Mike Pipey, they did show speed. So is this, this is that who chaos theory is now? Because if that's the case, then I'm cool with that. And I like the outside draw for a tactical horse who can finish, who has numbers, who seems to have improved since switching to, to Pipey's barn. I'm not going to fall for the Maven thing. If Wesley Ward couldn't get this horse to win turf sprinting and, 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 and since leaving Wesley Ward's barn has been beaten seven and 21 and then was second last time, but with a kind of a slower number, uh, I'm just going to, after making an easy lead, I'm just going to kind of play against Maven. So I'm just going to use the rail and the outside horse, uh, Chaos Theory, and finally here. I, I don't mind your two horses at all, especially Chaos Theory, who absolutely beat Maven on the square last time and might have more speed now than he did earlier in the career. But I'm going to take the idea with Maven. I mean, I get your... I get your case on what you're saying about Ward and sprinting, and but I mean, these are much weaker races than what he was running in when he was with the Ward Barn. And I was just thinking maybe new trainer Ryan Hansen in the third start last time 
figured out how to get this horse to relax a little bit. Maybe they ride Chaos Theory a little bit overconfidently after running him down last time. And maybe he's just dead loose going five and a half and has actually learned something in the new barn. I mean, I like, this is the kind of horse, it's kind of funny, after going inefficiently fast um, earlier in his career, maybe even went a little too slow last time. Maybe stretching out to five and a half is just going to get the perfect trip. I thought you could... My first thought was to try to lock it up six and seven. Your your enthusiastic case for finally here has me thinking of working that one up in a, in a ticket. But you know we can certainly do a head to head bet on uh, of of one form or another on Maven in this race. I think we can bet a beer or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. You you to take you want to take finally here against Maven in a head to head? Sure, why not? Why not? Yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to be shorter in price, so I might be technically getting the best of it. But it's just for a it's give just it, for a year. Yeah, the beer that you would have bought me anyway. So it's not, it's not that. (laughs) We'll throw that, uh, we'll throw that in there. All right, we are moving on back to Gulfstream for our third and final race there, which is race number ten, four thirty-eight. The scheduled post time. I kind of like this. This starts off, you know, very, uh, very uh, tight kind of schedule. We've got four of these races scheduled, at least. To the first four to take place within an hour. I think as this bet gets more and more steam, we're going to see more and more of that, uh, the opportunity to get this bet in a, in a tight time frame, which I'm looking forward to. Um, not such a bad thing to have it spread out, but, you know, just all the more fun. You know, I could see if we ever had five in a tight time frame, it might be fun to do a live stream and, and play along. But in any case, JK, who's your selection in Gulfstream's 10th race? Yeah, I mean, a lot of these horses that have run for, for a tag that haven't run well, kind of start to get downgraded for me. I, I don't have a strong opinion here. I'm going to use four horses, good soldier. And one thing that I kind of do, if I don't have an opinion in these races, these maiden claimers, I look for horses that were like bet and maiden special weights, even if they didn't run well, their figure wasn't good. Sometimes I'll allow the fact that they were bet in a maiden special weight race to show that there was some, something was there. Yep. The barn liked something. They had shown some talent in the morning. They had showed something. And now whatever the circumstance of that race were forgivable. So good soldier, uh, I'll use uh, order of magnitude. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it's two, two three. And three. Yep. And then uh shot 10 uh, gets Joel Seven. Rosario to show up in a maiden claimer, you know, a, a horse that's shown some ability and then media sensation. And, and I felt like one of those should lock me up in here. Uh, the rest of them who have okay numbers have been doing it with situations that kind of, kind of work out. I, I wouldn't talk anyone off Modus who had a little bit of trouble last time, but you know, I, I've started to try not to fall for trouble in very slow races. Like, because it's, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it kind of could be misleading. The old, the old saw there, the, the Maloney book, there are no trips in the, in slow races. So I can, I can hear your logic. on it. This is funny. Cause this is an open looking race and we came up with the exact four, uh, same horses, which is just kind of funny. Modus is the 10 for anyone who does want to throw that one in. I put Good Soldier on top, just very clear figure play. Thought was pace compromised last time. Going to need a little help again, but it's going to be on the tickets. The three order of magnitude only tried turf once for Chad. And I thought that was a better than it looked effort with a tricky trip. Switches to Vacareza now from Abreu, but still owned by Klarovich. I definitely want to keep this horse on side. Media Sensation, who you mentioned, has figs uh, that are competitive just look kind of obvious now they're all closers so i wanted to look for something towards the front and i came up with the same one you did jk the seven shot in not just a pat cummings hunch play i thought this horse could be a, a sneaky best of speed type play 
blinkers off in Rosario. The one run on turf was the debut, had an excuse. And again, just want something with speed in this spot. You and I are going to go to the mat with two, three, nine, and seven in various orders. We've got one more race to talk about. It's our pay leg. It's race five at Santa Anita. JK, how are we going to get paid? Yeah, uh, another one, you know, nothing crazy uh, from a strong opinion standpoint. I mean, I'm singling on the first leg here, so I didn't try to take too many stands. I'm going to use the one Southern King, um, that last race, you know, probably wins this. Uh, I, I love a tactical horse out in Sa- at Santa Anita or in the West Coast in general drawn towards the inside. So that they're going to save ground. They're going to hold their, their ground around there. They're going to travel shorter than everyone else. They're going to get the jump on everyone else. They're quick enough to get out of little tight spots if they want to be passive and, and kind of sit in the pocket. Um, Southern King just feels like that one of those horses for me. The two overdue um, ran well last time. You know, and anything with Phil D'Amato, you just got to think they might run a couple of points better than they've been running. They can just kind of jump up. And this horse has back numbers too. And you're, you got to think that overdue is going to get some pace with Southern King in there, who likely should show some pace. So, it's kind of one of those best closers, best speed situations where if you get loose, then you, you can wire. And if you go too fast, you, you got the other one coming. I, I wanted to, to leave off the outside horse East Rand in terms of kind of a, a prep, you know, a, but I, you know, just kind of press up the other two. I'm going to wait for the workout report to decide if I'm going to use East Rand as an A or a B just to kind of see there was a work on January 9th. So I kind of want to see what that work looked like, but this horse you know, has been facing, you got to think lesser at Golden Gate, been on the synthetic, been on the turf. But you get Flav in Pratt, right? So if you get Flav in this situation, there has to be some sort of a story that the horse might run okay. So I'm going to use that one as an A or a B. I just haven't quite decided yet. We're in lockstep once again, reading each other's email on the top line. Southern King, great draw, good speed, enough finish. You know, you made the case. And then the two overdue has run some great races with setups and might get a good setup here and as always in these horizontal bets always like to try to identify where the best speed is coming from where the best closer is coming from and go from there yeah i'll take another i didn't have east rand in my original reckoning but i will take another look um, based on your say so and yeah looking forward to betting these races watching some football having some fun this weekend what's on your agenda down there in texas uh, I'll be on the show on Sunday, so we'll uh, we'll hang out. Um, I'm sure Austin has some sort of syrup product in mind for for <laughs> Sunday morning, and then uh, and then we'll we'll get to the uh, get to the racing and get to the football. I was invited to a Lunar New Year party on Sunday. I've just got to make sure they have a TV so I can sweat the Cowboys game, but I guess I could just watch it on my phone. Yeah, there's, hey, I'm I'm the king of that. You know what's been helpful for that? Uh, YouTube TV. Not mad at it at all. It, it 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 because it has it has the local channels too. So like you know those 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 games that come out, those games that are on your you know your Foxes and your CBSs that are you can't really stream them anywhere. Even if you have the the Direct TV package right. thing, you can't watch the local game on on the move. Uh, YouTube TV solves that problem. YouTube TV, not a sponsor yet, but we'll, you know, who knows? Maybe we, we do need a title sponsor for the new season of JK Plus One. Maybe we'll make a call over there. What do you think? Hey, hey if you know somebody over there, let's do it. <laughs> Good stuff. JK, thank you for uh, your efforts on these shows this week. Hopefully we're going to uh, we'll cash one of these days or the other and get on the good foot with this bet. Big stuff next week with the Pegasus. We're going to have a ton of coverage of that. Also, don't forget, In the Money Plus, we've got LeCompte day coverage with Frank McGowey. If you want to hear that show, InTheMoneyPodcast.com slash plus. 
plenty of stuff wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, JK. Thank you to our founding partners. We'll give them a shout out on these shows. Uh, That's 10 Strike Racing and the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation. Want to thank our friends at first, especially Peter Rotundo. Most of all, though, want to thank all of you, the listeners, for playing along, for participating in our little contest over on our YouTube channel on our Kentucky Derby Future Bet video. The way that one works is easy. Just pop a uh, your pick out of the Kentucky Derby Future Pool in there. We're going to pick one name at random to win a $20 free bet on that wager. So check that out as well. This show's been a production of In The Money Media. Our business manager is Breeders' Cup betting champion, Drew Coatney. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kinchin. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos. (laughs) 